Welcome to C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the podcast today, we have actor Patrika Darbo. She is a fantastic individual. She is really known for her roles as Nancy Wesley and Sally Spectra in the television soap opera Days of Our Lives, Bold and the Beautiful. We talk about all of that. She was also part of the television TGI Friday series Step by Step. She's done so many other things, and uh, she was a part of the Studio City series on Amazon Prime as well, and she won a Daytime Emmy for that as well. She's also part of the Television Academy, an agent of change. We get into so many things. It's a very candid and honest conversation about Hollywood and how things need to change and how they've gotten better, but really they need to improve a lot more. And also just the state of entertainment. Are we in the golden age of television? So many questions to be answered and Patrika was the absolute best. Shout out to Anthony Turk of Turk Public Relations, Turk PR, Turk Entertainment for making this interview possible. And uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Patrika. You're listening to The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast. Have you subscribed to this show yet? I've tried bribes. I've tried gifts. You should. It's absolutely free. I even sent him some pet oxen. Now back to the show with your host, Brett Allen. Idly hey. Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be a a pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here today. Thank you very much. I'm enjoying being there. Yes. Well, we are meeting virtually via Zoom, and we were joking a little bit before we started recording how <laughs> this is the new normal for everybody, right? Like, this is how we meet these days. It, you know, it is. I think it's in one aspect, it's really terrific when you think about it, you don't get to see your family. And if you can at least get together and learn how to do this, you could at least meet with people that you can't see on a regular basis because of this pandemic thing. Yes. Now, I'm just curious because we mentioned it not to focus on it. Have you gone out a lot during this whole time or have you kind of just kept to yourself? I'm just curious. Every celebrity is different on how they're approaching it, it seems. Well, I, I try to stay home as much as possible. And of course, I'm wearing my mask and doing things. My husband had some heart issues last November, which has oh, wow. made it made us be a little more guarded because his, of his fragility at this time. But we've both had our COVID shots. He's doing much better. And so um, things are you know good. I think it's a little hard for me sometimes because I worry about his safety. Um, but I have gone out. I've done several commercials. Um, um, some voiceover stuff, which fortunately get to do at home. And uh, as we said earlier, all our auditions now are 
virtually on Zoom. So I really don't have to go anywhere. Um, as a performer, though, I kind of like to be in the room because sometimes that makes it easier and the casting person can adjust you at some point and say, you know, let's do it again, but try to be a little this here, a little that there, which we don't get by doing it at home. So, um, but this is the new, the new, new. So, yes, yes. Well, I can imagine, and I've done like background and stand in work before. So I know, and I went in for a few auditions for like one line, you know janitor number four or something like that and it's like one line and it is kind of different to go into the casting room and to slate for the camera and to see everybody there although sometimes they're not very responsive to anything sometimes they might even be on a cell phone or working on something else while you're delivering your line but I get it you know there's that just I guess emotional connection of you and and the crew that's trying to decide, you know, whether you're right for their role. It is. And sometimes you can change their minds and little things like that. But, you know, Brett, I want to say, you know, going in for your janitor number four, honey, I've been made number two. I started <laughs> right. off doing that. I've started off doing that a long time ago. I think they're right now running Give Me a Breaks on television right now, the reruns from that. And um, I did back and that's how old I am. They had used to have special business. So um, if okay. you were doing something a little extra, you got bumped up a little bit more. So um, just take those little parts, honey, go be janitor number four and work on it. Cause then you're yes. going to be janitor number three next time. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that. Give me a break. Well, that's a throwback. I grew up on that show. In fact, that was like a babysitter for us. I think sometimes while mom was out working and uh, yeah, that was a great show. It's interesting because you've been in this industry for a very long time. You're a primetime Emmy winner and you've just done a lot of things. But the one thing that I did not know, because I'm very familiar with all of the work that you've done, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still currently the co-governor for the performance group at the Television Academy of Arts and Sciences. What is that all about? I didn't even know that that was part of your pedigree. Well, the Academy, the Academy, the Academy that handles primetime Emmys is entirely different than the the Academy that handles daytime Emmys or the international Emmys. They're three different. OK, um, I didn't know that. So there's three yeah. different groups. Right. So I am the governor for primetime. And uh, there are, I think, 50 something of us. I don't, I don't know the exact number. I don't I, you kind of got me on the spot here. I can't my brain is downloading trying to get it here. But each each category of the Emmys have two governors that represent them and they represent the members that fall into those categories. So Bob Bergen is my co-governor. Um, he's the voice of Porky Pig. You probably have heard him 100 million times. But Bob and I are co-governors. And basically, we have a governing governing committee with us. So uh, there's 10 other uh, performers who are on that committee. And we sort of make changes. If, if, if the members come to us and say, we really feel you need to do this or we need to do that or how can we do this? We try to bring those to the rest of the governors. And there's a voting situation to say yay or nay or this or that. Um, and that's how short form started, which is where I got my Emmy. Um, in fact, I got my Emmy just before I became the governor. Uh, so it was pretty nice. I win something and then I get to represent other performers, which was wonderful. But there, it's kind of like our regular Senate. We, we go in and we make changes or make adjustments. And each of the performers have the opportunity to contact myself or Bob and say, can you bring this to them or can you help us do this? So that's what I do. So really, you're 
having the opportunity to be an agent of change in this industry, right? If something needs to be addressed, is that sort of like a sort of, it is like that. We at least can bring things to them. I, for me, I keep trying to bring forth at this point that television is not when I grew up um, in the fifties, because um, there were three networks. Now you've got streaming and podcasts and every, I mean, just, I think there were over a thousand submissions last year for Emmys. And how can anyone watch that much television and legitimately say they're voting for the best? Because I don't think you're, everybody's watching everything. So it makes it very difficult. Yeah. You bring up a very interesting point. You know, it brings me to my, we're on the topic. Let's talk about this. The Golden Globes were last night which is a big deal. And I think a lot of people were surprised at some of the nominations and some of the people that won, whatever the case might be. But you mentioned that we're in this age now where there are just so many outlets for entertainment, podcasting, streaming. I mean, there's like 10 different streaming services on my television service that aren't even like regular cable television. So Everybody keeps saying because of the pandemic and this maybe slightly before that we're in like this golden age, new golden age of television. Do you do you find that to be true, having been a part of this for so long and so many iconic pieces of it? I I think so. I think uh, the problem is for me, as I see it. um, And again, I'm just one voice that um, we are in the golden age again of television, but we are still living in the past. Um, we need to catch up with the golden age of television and look at the fact that um, I'm holding up my cell phone. This is a television now. This is, they're catering. There's a lot of things catering to this. Consider the fact that uh, I think the film was Tangerine was shot on an iPhone. It was nominated for an Academy Award. The industry has changed so much. And I think we're about 50 steps behind what's happening um, as far as awards and award shows and things that are going on like that. Um, I am, I love theater. I think the, um, the Tonys have a better aspect of it. That is if you've won it one time, we know that you're fabulous in this part and we're not going to nominate you again. I like that. Amen to Uh, that, Patrika. (laughs) I, I, well, I mean, listen, I think Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is brilliant. Um, I met her and got to work two times on Seinfeld She's brilliant. We know she's brilliant. Did she need 11 Emmys for us to tell her she's brilliant? I don't think so. Um, I don't take them away from her. I'm sure they look wonderful on the shelves, but it left, that was the 11 years in a row she wins, at least 10 of those years, somebody else could have won, but their show didn't even get to be seen. Yeah, I, I think that's a very valid point. And I've always thought that, again, you know, I, I bring this up because I'm a dad and I have a six-year-old and we watch television. And now a lot of these major films like Tom and Jerry or whatever are just coming straight to streaming. You know, HBO Max is now the hotspot. Paramount Premium is going to be something new. And I, I like your, this is really fun for me because we get to talk a little bit nuts and bolts, you know, about this industry that I cover doing interviews. I mean, how can you possibly... Well, I mean, what is the rubric or measure for determining that? Like you have somebody that wins multiple Emmys, but you're right. The, the Tonys have it right. You win once for a role in a show. You might get nominated maybe for another show down the road, potentially. But 
that same show, if it's still going on, you're not getting renominated and winning for guys. Because no, we already know you're fabulous. We know you're fabulous. So <laughs> give another actor a, an opportunity and another show to see something, to do something. I, I just think sometimes at our whole society, it's very monetarily driven. Uh, how it's, it's like, <laughs> everybody looks at what the money's going to get you. What what is that all about? And it's not sometimes it it leaves the arts behind. Uh, money gets yeah. in the front and the arts are behind. Um, uh, I mean, and that goes in anything. When you look at you've got a child, you said, so please, God, let there be arts when he gets into high school and doing stuff. I mean, uh, not every kid is a jock. Um, and so sports are not for every kid, but maybe playing in the band or being in the chorus or being in the drama department or the speech department. Those are important arts. And um, again, monetarily, sometimes sports bring in more people to the stadium. But come on, you know, again, every kid's not a jock. So and yeah. everybody is not going to have the same opportunity that Julia Louis-Dreyfus's show. I mean, major fabulous show going on lots of money behind it may not be the same for another show but there's just as many talented people in that one yes yes i think that's very true and i think that it's great that you have the opportunity to at least bring to the throne so to speak ideas <laughs> that need to be considered especially when and i i'm just going to say this cuz it's on the top of my head how a film like Borat could win so many different awards, but yet you have something else that comes out that I feel might be better content. Although I did see it just for the sake of argument because I interviewed one of the cast members, so I had to watch it. So, you know, just kind of like deciding how we can really get to a good place and start voting critically about what's really good. Like there's just so many options out there. I don't know how anybody does it. It's mind boggling. And I, you know, and I'm not sure how something like um, Hamilton is in the same category as what you yeah, just mentioned. I don't get Those, it. Like... No, because that's like apples and oranges. But so I don't. That's because everybody wants to be on television, to do their shows on television, to have the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, the SAG Awards. All these want to be on there, but you only have a two hour space time. And so we have to condense it down to what we think is going to be the best. So let's make this category to go in this category. And you're losing sight of the art. You're losing sight of the art. Those two things are as opposite as night and day and shouldn't be competing against one another my opinion, but I no, still no, have one. I, I'm I entitled to my opinion. You are. Well, you've been doing this for a minute or two, so you have the right to say something. Yeah, it, that's the other thing. Like, I think in the back of our heads, we all knew that Borat was going to run away with it. But then when I was like, okay, Hamilton sure won a bunch of Tony Awards. And then, you know, they like prior pandemic or during, I don't think it was like, oh, let's put it on, you know, you know, Disney Plus just to see what we can do. But I mean, it broke the internet when it went because it gave a lot of people the opportunity to see the show that probably never would, or at least in a live theater or doesn't have, you know, $300 to go sit, you know, in an orchestra seat somewhere or a balcony seat or a mezzanine seat even further back and listen to these, you know, runaway lyrics that are so phenomenal. Very interesting. Very interesting. Again, I keep saying this, but you've been in the industry for decades and you've had so much experience you know as far as being on television in regards to soap operas uh the bold and the beautiful specifically and just a lot of different things when you started out patrika like what was your path to 
knowing that you wanted to pursue acting full time? Like, was was there a designated path? Like there is now kind of it's sort of a clearer path or did you just decide I want to do it and just kind of went about it the best way that you knew how starting out as a young actor? I think my mother would always say that I came out of the womb acting, but I did a lot as a kid in high school and things like that. And then I moved to California. I had had a job where I wasn't acting in Georgia and I moved to California with a friend. Um, I thought, well, this is where I'll do something. But of course, you always have to earn a living. I had been a credit investigator. And so I took a job as a credit investigator, which sort of limited what I could do because I I couldn't wait tables because I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I held down a full-time job, didn't take vacations, turned in vacation time when I did get an audition um, or a job. Um, and I did that for 20 years as a lady executive uh, acting part-time. Uh, I then had a gentleman at one job I was working tell me that I was a woman, no more than a goat, and to never contradict him again. Oh, wow. Um, so I went into the president and told him that he had 20 minutes or two weeks that I would never work for that man again. Oh, and um, he was lucky I wasn't going to sue him. And so the, he told me later that the other man said that he couldn't work with me either. <laughs> so I said, OK, 20 minutes it is. I said, but beware, you will be bankrupt if you do not do what I have said. And with that, bye bye. Thank you so much. Best of luck. They were bankrupt in five months. And at that point, I became an actress full time. So <laughs> instantly funded your career by, yeah, failing it, to... you know, it was like that was the door that closed and the window that opened, so to speak. Um, I wow. have to say that don't let anyone tell you you can't have your dream because you can have it. But you may have to work a little harder than the person next to you. But don't let somebody tell you you can't have it and keep doing it. Keep doing it. It'll happen. Um, there are small parts. Janitor number three. But then you can be the boss later in another thing. So keep working at it. It's wonderful. Look how wonderful you've created a podcast here that's successful. So things move you forward and, they do. and just keep moving forward and don't let anyone stop you if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I say that in jest, but really, like, I think all of those pieces have led to the moment where I get to talk to fantastic celebrities and just hear all these stories that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to hear because they don't have the avenue or whatever to get where they want to go. And it was like, well, I want to talk to famous people and I want to have these interviews. And it's like, well, how do I do it? I don't want to necessarily go on television per se, but a way that's convenient to do it. And, and here we are three and a half years later. And I like that you just don't let anybody hold you back. Like everything that you've done and you've been outspoken on as far as just being a change of agent, an agent of change and, let's get things right, you know? So you started out, you had made it, and then you were doing it full time. Did you ever have that moment where you're like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Or did you ever have moments of doubt where even after you had gotten past that point where you broke and were able to work full time at this, did you ever have any self-doubt that you struggled with or were you pretty confident going forward with everything? I, I, I think I have to say it, that at this point, like most normal people, I had a little bit of self-doubts. I have a mortgage. I have to pay my bills. I have to do those things. And I'm not good at waiting tables, but let's go for it. Let's do what we have to do. And um, fortunately, I have a wonderful husband who was supportive. Um, and, you know, even though both of us needed to be working at the time, and but it all worked out and it's only worked out to be the best that it can be. So 
Yeah, I think that's all you can ask for. You know, would you just have a successful career as a working actor and having the support of other people behind you? They say it takes a village, but I think that's true, right? You you have to surround yourself with people who will support you, correct, and not be clock punchers and, you know, maybe try and challenge you when you have an idea to pursue a creative choice, whether it's a character or a role. And, and it's true. And I think you, what you have to do is also remember that if you're, you know, don't sit in a bar and whine about the fact things are not working, get yourself in a class with other people and, and network and, um, and work on your skill. It, it's things don't just happen overnight. Read the newspaper, read it out loud every day, read books, um, zoom with your friends like this get with a class where you read scripts and do things but keep yourself active in what you want to do but also with people that are wanting to do what you want to do be be um be proactive in your career you have to be the master of your own domain especially yes. in the entertainment industry right yes yes but you know look at we're you know we're talking about we just talked about zoom and stuff and um but podcast you know, radio started before television and we've come full circle, really, when you think about what we're doing yeah, at this point now. So um, things keep evolving and stuff and we need to evolve with them. And um, hopefully that's why it's important to keep being with people like people working on things and um, write things down, create your own stuff. I think that's the best thing right this moment, Brett, when you think about it, is we're at a time now where you have that phone and you have access to tape something and create your own work, create things to put out there with the YouTubes and the Tiki Talkies, which I do not understand at all. Me either. Uh, I, I say <laughs> to those who do, more power to you. Absolutely, but you have a you have a chance to create new things and just you know be out there and doing new stuff. And so, um, don't let anybody stop you. If you can't find what you want, create something for yourself. Um, and keep moving that way. Be with creative people. Yes, I think that's whoever started the podcast. You know, there's, uh, you know, lore as to who was the originator. But I think it's just so easy to do to go out and buy a computer. I, I mean, I've invested in this microphone. It, it's been step, step, step. I didn't go out and buy this right from the start because I wasn't sure if I could do it or be good at it. But then you know, eventually it's like anything you practice it and, and you can get to a point where you want to invest in your things. But yeah, we've come full circle a hundred percent, you know, back in the day, radio, television, and now podcasting has become the new radio, so to speak, because I can create this in my own space. I do all the work, edit it, produce it, send it out and people listen to it. And I don't have to go through a whole staff of people to get approval or, you know, I book the talent. I do all of it. So I have complete creative control of who I can get on my show. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to. It's not like back in the day where there was a whole room full of executives who made all of the decisions for us. And then we just did what they told us. But we it doesn't work that way anymore. I don't think you're the boss. You're the creator. You're the boss. It's yours and nobody else's. Right. And I think that's the important thing is to know that you can do it. Not, not you, Brett, but anybody. The you is everybody out there can do stuff. But let, let's, let's talk about it, Brett. You, you learn how to do your microphone and you've bought things to move, improve your, um, your podcast, but you also do your homework. You, you know about me more than, than I probably know yeah. about me. So, <laughs> well, I, I'd um, like to, it's good to do that because you get asked the same set of questions a lot, I'm sure. People want to know about this, that, or the other, you know, which is good. 
but I want to know you as an individual per se that somebody else might not have the opportunity to sit down and talk to you. Which you know just I mean? makes it more interesting. You're absolutely right. Makes it more interesting. Yeah. Well, you've, again, I've said this, you've done a lot of different things, but one of the things that I remember you from specifically is you were a series regular on the TGIF lineup step-by-step. And we actually have another cast member coming on from that show, Christine Lake, and she'll be joining Oh, us. I love Christine. Yeah, she's coming on this week, actually, or next week, I think. She's coming on the show, and we're going to talk about that. But now that was a golden age of television, that TGIF Friday lineup. Oh, my God, all of those shows that were available. It was family-friendly. You could sit down and watch it on a Friday night, not have to plug the kids' ears. And uh, was that, that just had to be one of the greatest experiences you've had. I mean, you've had a lot. Yeah, you know, it was a fun time. It was, um, to you know, to be a regular. I mean, Peggy Ray, who um, was the mother, and may she rest in peace, she's passed now. She and I, like about the sixth or seventh episode, we both kind of went, I think this is going to be a kid's show. We may not be here much longer, <laughs> but they kept us for a full 22 episodes and um, it was fun. We were, we joked about the fact that we went into the beauty parlor, which was the garage and we were never heard of again, <laughs> but, <laughs> but listen, working with Suzanne and Patrick was terrific. The kids were great. Sasha Mitchell was fabulous. Um, we got Urkel guested on our show one time. So, uh, you know, listen to be part of that was wonderful i mean that you're absolutely right it was family night it was it was um appointment television you you stayed home to watch it. it's kind of like years ago mary hartman mary hartman i gotta go home it's friday nights mary hartman mary hartman yeah it's like those the, um now there's so much television nobody has appointment time anymore so yeah there were crazy. vcrs but i mean there was no let's dvr it and watch it later yeah you know or on demand so. plus three ratings that shows had to worry about you know that sit there the plus three where it's how do they do after three days of setting in the dvr statistically i guess that's how long it takes for somebody to watch something after it's been recorded so much television as we wrap up here, you've, again, been a part of all these soap operas and all of these television shows, movies. Of course, you were with John Malkovich, you know, in, in that movie that he did, Line of Fire. Do you have a moment that just stands out to you of your, of your long career that you just look at and go, man, I'm so lucky that I've been able to be a part of this or that? Well, I think probably um, I did a feature film called Daddy's Dying, Who's Got the Will? I had originated the role on stage. Uh, we had performed it in Edinburgh, Scotland during the Fringe. And when they got, when they decided to make the movie, I got to reprise my role. So that was a really wonderful thing that happened just after the man called me a goat. So it was kind of the first step to just moving forward. And um, that's how everything started from Daddy Stein, who's got the will, ABC um, put me under contract. And that's where the step-by-step step came. So everything moves you forward if you just keep positive and keep moving forward. Yeah. Now, and we'll just kind of break here because I want to ask about this, the information that I got. Are you currently still in production for this television show? Um, it's uh, Aunt Sissy, the continuation of the- You know, I haven't heard any more with from okay. Scott about that as to what's okay. happening with that. Okay. I know he was talking to some people, so I really don't know. That one okay. is kind of one of those things that I'm here. If they call or something, maybe okay. we can move forward. But at this point, I don't know. Okay, um, we'll edit that uh, part out. I just wanted to ask before we wrapped it up. So I wasn't sure because sometimes these 
bios and all this information, you never know like what's current and, and what's, you know, not current. So no worries. Well, in, in Studio City, we talked about that before we started recording Studio City, where I was nominated last year. Yes. Um, I didn't get to do it this year, um, but, you know, it's ongoing. We'll see what happens there. So as an actor, I'm always work available to work. Um, I'm, I did this little short called um, The Vinyl Child, yes. which is now um, got it's in all kinds of festivals, winning awards right this moment. And the creator, um, director of that has now got several other f- films that he's in production with that he's written roles for me. So that will be coming up. I mean, everything moves you forward. I think the most important thing I can say to any new and people coming out there is being nice and being kind does not cost you a cent no. and moves you forward, only forward. So be yeah. nice to one another. Yeah, be nice, be kind. And I think with vaccines now and everything else, we're sort of seeing the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, I mean, I think we have a ways to go, but you know, yeah. if you get can get vaccinated, that's a whole nother discussion. But if you can <laughs> and believe in it, please do and please wear a mask and just keep that in the back of your head when you want to watch these great shows that you've been a part of like step by step or studio city, whatever in your long diatribe of, of work. I mean, that's what's kept you motivated and kept you going. And we have to just be supportive of this industry. Be kind. I think that is the greatest uh, piece of advice. I think that we could get today and anything that we're talking about, whatever it is that your lot in life is and you're going after no kindness will get you much further than not right <laughs> absolutely definitely definitely all and right people well, remember people yeah remember. they do they really do you'd be surprised even in this podcasting business it's very interesting how people remember and it's a small pool it's a small pool a lot of people know a lot of people and there's only like a dozen pr agencies out there and a dozen management agencies and trust me they talk <laughs> so if you want to get and be a part of something, mind your P's and Q's, as uh, they said in Ferris Bueller, right? <laughs> Keep it together. Be kind. Be nice. Yes. Well, Patrika, thank you for being with me today. I really appreciate it. It's been a joy. Thank you very much, Brett. I've had a good time. The best everybody. Be nice. Wear a mask. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.